Hello and welcome to Slash Dupe, or as my fiance called it today, Slap Dude. She, so obviously she's not listening to it. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. Each member of today's podcast has been given the same movie or TV title, some time to prepare, and has come to the table to pitch their own unique take on that title. I'm joined by my Slash Dupe regulars and co-hosts Dan and Ryan, and between us we'll be hearing two pitches before the break and one afterwards. It's after the break that we'll be hearing a special pitch from the dupe. The dupe is the one person at the table who has not been given the title in advance, and they will have to improvise their idea at the end of the show following everybody else's. So I feel like this is a good moment probably to ask uh, what I reckon is probably a stupid question, but now seems like a good time. What is a slash dupe? Do you know, it's been years since I've been asked that. Um, a slash dupe is, but I'm so glad you did. Um, a slash dupe is a film uh, in the very early stages. Uh, it's, it's a rough version used in post-production. It can only be described as uh, the unfinished building blocks of, of what a film can become. So together on slash dupe, uh, we, you will at least get that. The audience will at least get the takeaways that they'll get the unfinished building blocks of uh, the foundations of a finished film. Um, but that is, so that inquiring voice that you heard um, is our guest today, Michael. Welcome, Mike. Without giving away the title, how confident are you with your idea for Slash Dupe today? How confident am I? Uh, I mean, it depends what you mean by confident, really. I'm, I think it's entertaining. That's about Yes, it. yeah, yeah. You That's know. the minimum requirement, I think, yeah, for I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to lowering the tone. Yeah, well, we've had listen. We've had some 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 people have lowered the tone quite significantly. So I'm excited <laughs> to see whether you're going to raise that uh, match or yeah, raise I, that. I, I had a stalker rabbit in my last one, so you know that <laughs> yeah. you've only got up from there to go. So, I mean, that sounds amazing. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I, we, to, we were trying to get to... away from it at the time, so uh, there's no way we want <laughs> okay. to bring it back. All right, I listen to the previous back. episode of Slash Dupe to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Ryan's confident as the dupe. So Ryan's duping today. Dan, how are you? How are you feeling today? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> it's been a week, Sean. It's been a, it's yeah. actually it's been quite a few weeks. Yeah. Um. So obviously, with all the news and everything that's been going on, it's been quite hefty in my household. So I am less prepared than I usually am, but more prepared than Ryan in that I may be had a conversation with my wife about it half an hour ago. <laughs> okay. you know, like, so you know, like she in, can take credit for this one. You know, like in Gladiators, where they'd be like, you must go on my first whistle and like go in the second whistle. Dan's just going on the first whistle with like a 10 second head start. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's totally yeah. I haven't done well in the heats and I've got like <laughs> the first five seconds, yeah. Well, I, no, I'm, well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't have an idea at all for today's uh, Slash Dupe title, so I'm very much looking forward to what you guys can uh, can come up with. So um, who am I? I am Sean, your peerless moderator. Uh, and at the end of the episode, I should be selecting a winning idea to go through to the next heat. Uh, what happens with those winning ideas at the end of the season? You'll have to wait until the halfway point of today's episode to find out. So what is today's Slash Dupe title? Well, I can reveal the title for today's episode is Big Wig. It is Bigwig. And as always, you can add spaces, you can add punctuation, as long as it resembles the semblance of the title Bigwig. Okay, um, 
Mike, as the guest, uh, I would love to hear your idea first for the title of Big Wig. Fantastic. Right, okay. So, this is what I'm thinking. Pixar, except like, maybe like shit Pixar. Like knockoff kind of Pixar, maybe. Okay. Um, Disney Animation and- Studios. Disney presents. Animation Studios, like like you know DreamWorks or whatever. <laughs> like, I, was, yeah, I yeah. was just about to say, I'm glad none of us said DreamWorks when you said shit Pixar. But you know, we're all thinking it. There. DreamWorks <laughs> is DreamWorks is a fantastic institution. Um, uh, that sounds like I'm being sarcastic. I'm being genuinely serious. So anyway, knock off Pixar. I'm thinking. Do, do you guys ever see the film Look Who's Talking? Yes, a long time so, ago. Yeah, ridiculous it's movie. A long time. Uh, yeah. I want to say like John Travolta, um, yeah. but uh, babies think... communicating with each other telepathically. Was was John Travolta Look Who's Talking two, or oh. was he Look Who's Talking one? Oh, I actually can't remember. Oh, maybe it is Look Who's Talking. I don't know. Com- in any we'd case, like, we'd like to know Shaw. in the comments, wouldn't we? That's one of the. <laughs> yeah. That's a burning desire. A burning question. To, yeah. To, a burning question, yeah. Um, so, knock off Pixar, but Look Who's Talking style, except instead of babies talking to each other, it's wigs. Now bear with me. So, imagine a world, imagine a world where something's gone wrong. I haven't figured this part out. Maybe like a post-apocalyptic something, but every human has alopecia. Complete full body alopecia. Uh Okay. So, maybe it's like, maybe a a virus, you know, an unthinkable virus springs up out of nowhere and tramples the entire globe no idea where that's the long covid long covid causes it (laughs) exactly (laughs) suddenly one of the symptoms is alopecia and so wigs and false hair become a massive part of life so you have some people like everyone's got loads of different wigs people wear fake eyebrows you know pubic wigs merkins Mm -hmm. all this stuff but each wig can communicate with every other wig and they've all got their own personalities uh and you know all different voices and stuff um so basically, the plot is we center around a wig shop at the beginning, um, and all the different wigs are like talking to each other, and like you know, you've got the old like gruff wig who's like been there for years and never got picked, and like is really bitter about life. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, you've got the kind of young new wigs who've just been out of the box and they're so excited and optimistic to be picked by a new human, you know, to come in to like you know keep the head warm or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, because of because wigs are such a massive part of life, you know, wig shops would have you'd have a wig shops for punk hairstyles or for, you know, emo hairstyles or, you know, you'd have different wig sizes for like kids as they grow up because you got it. Your baby's got to have a wig. So mm-hmm. you'd have like a section yeah. and, and you might have, you know, those cartoony single curls that come out of like a cartoon baby's head. Yeah. That could be a wig you might buy for your baby. Nice. Yeah, anyway, for this sure. is all fluff background, extra color. Um, so we follow the story of get this for genius wiggy who is our Good. main protagonist who strong, is a strong. young thanks young new wig who's just come in just come into the shop super um you know wet behind the ears naive you know really optimistic and loving life and so basically the wig we follow her journey as she goes from the shop she gets picked really early on and she gets taken to a lovely home comfortable not like super rich but like a comfortable home and she's given oh just the best life you know she gets she gets put on a lovely fake head on the mantelpiece she gets you know waxed and gelled every day shampooed conditioning the works she's having the best life okay Mm -hmm. then one day 
she's she's on the head of her owner in a convertible and it's windy <laughs> oh yeah exactly i mean the tension is building yeah yeah now the wig wiggy gets blown off the head of her very caring owner and carried on the wind off a bridge into like a river let's say mm-hmm. now no i know i'm so sad already i now know she's really I'm, I'm, I'm hurting and so she <laughs> undergoes this journey and and this is perfect timing for one of those montages like i haven't seen flushed away but i feel like that might be something similar where you follow the journey of the wig <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great to it's great to drop it's a in a reference, reference that I, I haven't, haven't seen. seen. Flushed away, yeah. but I reckon that's the quality yeah. level of this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's DreamWorks. Anyway. That's why he hasn't seen it. I've seen the trailer. I've, I know enough. Yeah, just from the title, flushed away. It's a similar thing. So the uh-huh. wig goes undertakes a journey. Maybe you know it gets uh, picked up by a fishing trawler or something, and then dumped somewhere else. Maybe you know someone fishes her themselves out of a lake some whatever anyway this journey takes the wig wiggy to somewhere i'm thinking either like a sewer or a dump or maybe given the world we're, we're living in maybe they're taken to uh like an abandoned hairdressing like emporium more because no one goes to the hairdressers mm-hmm. anymore because nobody has hair so i'm imagining basically i want her to land somewhere that's like really off the beaten path like um uh yeah like like a dump or a sewer maybe or a i don't know oh oh, yeah and the example i was going to give was that in this world where people don't go to the hairdressers anymore all those hairdressing like malls are completely abandoned and you've got like cobwebs on those weird things that go over people's heads and do something that i don't know what it is (laughs) um so yeah and so she lands in this place and she meets, she finds this community of like disused, discarded wigs who have created this, this like society in this place. Um, and, uh, and she kind of becomes a part of their fold. And the movie is like her trying to get home. So it's very much Homeward Bound, but with wigs. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. Homeward Bound, but with, 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 with wigs. Sold. Um, <laughs> sold, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The society is headed oh. by like whoever the the big the big wig uh-huh. yeah. is. Yeah. So the big wig <laughs> is the head of the society, and you know maybe maybe he's taking a shine to Wiggy or whatever, and uh, and wants to keep Wiggy in, but Wiggy's trying to get home. Mm-hmm. So then you have. Uh, please tell me, big wig. Sorry, please tell me, big wig is like an old toupee. That has been around from the before times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, I was on Al Capone. Oh, wait, no, it can't Al Capone, be. Yes. But, like, it has to be from uh, someone. Depends when. It's got to be Rob, voiced by Robert De Niro, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like an yeah. old, un, like one of those, like, pompadour toupees. It's like from, from, with like a big old quiff at the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dejected, bitter, cynical. Can one of them be on Fonzie when the stunt double jumped the shark? You know, like in, in, you know, the famous sort of jumping the <laughs> yeah. shark that Fonzie did. So, like, they're not even yeah. Fonzie's hairpiece. They're like the stunt double's hairpiece. You know, oh, like you just double. have this eclectic bunch of, like, of wigs in this. Absolutely. In this mall. One of, the, one of them yeah, should yeah, be yeah. The, the guard, the guard um, I can't think of what they're called. Like the beef eaters. Beef eaters, yeah. One of them should just be one of those. And there's not, even there's a hat, not a wig. <laughs> He's like in disguise. <laughs> no, I'm a wig, honestly. 
absolutely. So the problem is, so if this feels bitty, it's because as I was developing this, I had new idea after new idea after That's new great. idea, and I and I lost uh, track why wouldn't completely. You? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, exactly. I mean, look at what we're dealing with. Um, so this is where. So the the story initially appears to be just you know, girl lost trying to get home. However. Oh gosh! And more. this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in some details. So at the very beginning of the movie, we get shown. I want to set up two things. One is the commercialized nature of this wig industry. Um, so you might see billboards with like, "Hey, try the new wig 2000. You'll never get cold or whatever." And it's like it's everywhere, and everyone thinks these this company is incredible. And they're always like, "Hey, you got a wig you don't want? You know, we recycle it for you and all that stuff." Meanwhile, at the very beginning, when we're setting up the wig shop, I realize I'm doubling back, but you'll see why it's necessary. At some point, I want a bald dude, a bald guy, to come into the shop protesting this big company. Um, and being like, they're controlling you and brainwashing you, and you think you need these wigs, but you don't. Look at me. You know, I don't need to wear a wig and be controlled. All this kind of stuff. And get this. He is a member of an organization called Q-Ball. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. I, love yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So these cue balls are, uh-huh. you know, they believe that the Illuminati of the world are secretly controlling everyone with their wig company. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we cycle back forward again to, uh, to Wiggy's journey, this is where it gets a little bit gray. The details are becoming harder and harder to reconcile, but at some point she meets someone. Is that a wig pun? Is that a hair pun, by the way? You're getting is a bit what? gray? I just didn't want to let that go unnoticed. <laughs> nice. Is that some sort of hairpiece pun? Nice. It was very it's a, good. Yeah, it's very uh, unintentional, yeah. but I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so along the way, she meets one of these cue balls. Okay. And I haven't figured out exactly how yet. But she meets a cue ball, and the cue balls, obviously, they don't know that wigs are actually sentient and are able to, like, walk and talk and stuff. Um, but the cue balls are against the, the big company, because they think it's controlling everyone. And somehow information has got to the wig community. <laughs> Sorry. Got to the wig community that actually <laughs> this big this big company is not recycling the wigs at all. They're incinerating them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or if they're more like plasticky <gasps> wigs, they're like melting them down. Yeah. Huge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you know, they're right. Like there yeah. is a conspiracy here that goes straight to the top. And uh yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, so pun. she. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and so they get chatting her in this cue ball, and basically they see that actually their interests kind of align because they both are against this big company. And when she eventually gets to this uh, outcast organization led by Bigwig, um, she she wants to get home initially, but then she so the so the the, the it's the outcast organization that inform her that all the wigs are being incinerated so then she has a bigger cause right and she brings mm-hmm. a cue ball in to the organization but the um uh-huh. the organization of outcasts because they're all discarded wigs they don't like humans they hate humans yeah. so they don't want anything to do with yeah, humans sure. they want a segregated sure. society they want their own independence as as true individual sentient wigs God, sometimes I hear yeah, myself yeah, sure. saying this crap, and I'm like, oh my you've God. Still, listen, you've still got me. I'm still here. I'm still here with you. This so, is good. Yeah, it gets better. Me. It gets better. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, they come to an agreement um, where 
So initially, all right, I'm going to try and make this make vague, vague sense. So the big wig, I think, is trying mm-hmm. is in love with Wiggy and trying to keep her initially. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. I'm wondering whether or not there's another new wig that comes in who Wiggy likes. And then the yeah. big wig tries to get rid of the little wig. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and yeah. then what happens? What happens Ice is, them or whatever. There has to be some yeah, sort of like they get, or some oh, sort of this is this is the thing. Pun. I was like, maybe they get whacked, and I was no. like, maybe they get waxed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, I was oh, gonna yeah. say like, you know what? That's would be great. Worse? They what? get their they get their tips frosted, <laughs> <laughs> and then nobody takes them seriously again. <laughs> and then they get, oh, and then they've so been they cursed get, with get the frosted f- tips. They, they get, become they unfashionable, yeah. yeah. Or they get dreaded or something, right? And then oh, it's, and then it's so like, good. and then it's because, and then basically what you do, like, I'm just, I'm cutting to the end of doing your marketing for you, but you basically yeah. get like BTS to do the soundtrack for it. And they're just a bunch of frosted tipped wigs dancing around. And then there you go. That's, that's how you just coin Korea as a whole market. <laughs> I mean, what are we still doing here? Let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... So that so this is what I'm thinking is Wiggy and Little Wig, whose name I have not yet figured out, um, they mm-hmm. take over the organization, the, the outcast organization, or maybe they just you know they they show Big Wig the error of his ways and then and then they sure. they team up, and with the help of Cubeball, uh, they join together to overtake to take over overthrow even the uh, the big company the big the big company. Mm-hmm. Um, who we then find out is called Big Wig. So this is the thing, kind of like Big Pharma. Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's big, of but it's not Big I Pharma. Love it. It's it's, it's Big, big Wig. wig. Yeah, and yeah. then we also mm, find out, love it. Somehow, don't know how, we find <laughs> out that Big Pharma, Big Wig, even mm-hmm. is being run by a wig. <laughs> so there's a. <laughs> Yeah, but how is what I desperately want to know. Is it this is the, a yeah. wig and several other wigs inside of a coat and they all sort of, or it looks like a hairy, no, it can't look a hairy person because they all have alopecia. Like Wigception. No. But like, yeah. Could you, could you call it back to the beginning? You know, you talked about the one baby hair. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's like, have you ever, have you ever seen like a, a, like a bald guys that have the roll in the back of their head? Yes. Right, never seen that. So I was once working at a bar and there was a guy, bald guy, but he never shaved. He accidentally in the day that he shaved, didn't shave that fold. So when he turned around at the bar in the fold of the back of his neck, he had a perfect line of hair. Right? <laughs> and it was hilarious to me. But maybe now that it was I saw it for a reason. Maybe now we think this guy's bald, but in that fold in the back of his head, there's what there's the baby hair that we <gasps> passed over at the beginning. Yeah, that's that is like actually, running things. That's running things. <clears throat> have you thought, Mike, about how Big Wig, the company, has been able to like have a, a spokesperson figurehead that is in fact a wig? Yes, I have. Oh. And this is what I'm thinking. Evil human mm-hmm. meets evil wig. And they've connected and discovered the humans been made to realize that wigs are all sentient. And together, with their combined force, they are unstoppable. <laughs> and so you'd have, you know, occasional news announcements or whatever by from Big Wig or whatever. And it's it's this dude with the evil wig on. And like sometimes maybe the wig is like feeding like, oh, you got to say this, you got to say this. 
and then maybe the dude mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. doing them. Yeah, so it's a team up. It's there's already a coalition of man and man and wig, <laughs> and they man are behind the yeah, whole yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> and so then you need your own little lower level coalition of of man and wig in the form of you know the outcasts and cubals, who manage to uh, operate a, sa- a similar kind yeah. of ruse where they start the cubals the start wearing the outcast wigs and they infiltrate the system mm-hmm. bring the guy down and then the ultimate goal is this utopia where humans and wigs coexist in harmony mm-hmm. and some wigs you know some wigs sure. like to be on human heads they they like to do that they like to be be taken out and and you know the breeze yeah. running through their their hairs and and getting sure. shampooed and stuff and pampered and some wigs might not want to do that some wigs might be independent yeah. and they might want their own you know sovereignty so that's fine too so you create a world yeah. in which you have wig communities and human communities and human wig communities and then because mm-hmm. big wig the company's been brought down it's it's everything is a much more local business kind of idealized thing in which I see where this is, I see what I see the representation here. Right? Yeah, yeah, you see, this is allegorical. <laughs> we like that. Um, we like that. Yeah, yeah. And then also because wigs are no longer being incinerated or melted down, it's environmentally friendly as well. Everything's being actually recycled oh, and given given new leases on life. There you go. You see, boom. Yeah, I like that. That's so. There's more. There's more to this than I expected at the start. By the way, Mike. So that was <laughs> that was good. That's really good. I'd hate it if we got <laughs> and, there and you were like, "Yeah, that's know- worse than I was expecting." <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't have said that. I would have just said nothing at all. I would have gone, "Yeah, thanks for your input, Mike." And uh, yeah. <laughs> next, um, I'm curious. I tell you what, I'm curious about. Um, yeah. Because I was going to ask this question, then I realised how stupid it is. Because I was going to say, "Where you know, when do the wigs become sentient?" when they're made, you know, by people. But then I thought, well, when you're looking at something like Toy Story, there's like a clear divide. There's like, they're in the shops with a a semblance of sentience, but you never see them as they're being manufactured. You never see them. So it's just, you just take it in an animated film. You just take it as sort of given that they have a sentience of a kind, don't you? After a certain point. Hence Pixar or knockoff Pixar. Because I thought about that exact problem. Oh, it's (laughs) fine. If you make it, if you make it animated, no one asks those kind of questions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, you go with it a little more, don't you? So, what mm. does what does the what would the harmony look like between you know you noticed at the end of the film there was there would be this wig uh, harmony between wig and and man, as it were, between between yeah. human and wig. What would that utopia look like? Apart from well, with the small businesses, you know, and and your locals, yeah. yeah. Well, there would just be more crossover. I think you know you you would you might have. Uh, a particularly ambitious wig running for office, maybe in a human society. Sure. Uh, may- maybe, yeah, sure. <laughs> maybe yeah. the technological industry has also boomed so that wigs can buy their own robots that they can sit on and control, and they don't even need a human, and they can still move around with the same ease. Um, yeah, and that would then, take quite uh, a few years of lobbying. That would take quite a few years of getting society getting used to that first, though, wouldn't it? You know, like I'm all for. Yeah wig robot unification um but <laughs> i think you've, we've got a long way to go before we get there right yeah that's, you're that's absolutely right you line. know it is it's definitely a journey there's lots to be done um but i really uh-huh. think if we if we pull if we pull together and believe in ourselves we can we can make yeah. it happen you know nothing yeah. nothing yeah. that that's worth doing was ever easy no. we're just a hair's breadth away from that utopia brilliant that's the tagline thanks for that dad <laughs> 
as long as Mike yeah. <laughs> relents. Uh, you, how long have you been line. sitting on that for? He's, that was genius. He's, he's quiet for 10 minutes and he, he drops that at the end. Thank Amazing. you. Um, I, this, I've got only two questions. Um, sure. Uh, only two. I've, well, <laughs> I've got a whole host. I've, I've been try, I've tried to be very cautious. <laughs> the two biggest questions are... What does the human, does the human ever come back into the picture for Wiggy? And what does the human look like? What's the unification between the human? I just want to picture the person at the start. Or is it more of a Toy Story 1 where you're not really going to see the faces of the people that, you know, until you Ooh. see the cue balls? That's a good question. Um, I feel like, because Wiggy, all Wiggy really wants is to, is to go home, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I reckon mm -hmm. once... That bond has to be strong, right? Yeah, it's a strong bond. And that's why at the beginning, I think it's important to really set up that she's comfortable in this lifestyle with the human and she loves it before she gets set off track. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think I think whatever happens with the outcasts and with Big Wig, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. eventually she she reconnects with her humans and, and goes back. Or, or maybe yeah. maybe maybe they just become really, really good mates and she like lives adjacent rather than with. Yes, um, just wig adjacent, yeah. Wig and adjacent. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I do like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. That does make sense to me. Um, does it? <laughs> well, within the confines and context of this, uh, this sure. idea, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that very much. And I think like there has to be a reason for this person to, to need a wig in the first place. Yeah, I like well, it. I like cast, surely. Surely we've got to talk about cast. Mm. Voice cast. Sorry, to jump in before you. No, sure. no, that's that's a, that's a vital question, and one I overlooked. So yeah, Mike, what do you think? Uh, because of the cast? we we talked about we've talked about uh, Robert De Niro as potentially the uh, the head of Wigs, the leader of the outcasts. But I was thinking Anna Kendrick did such a good job in Trolls that she feels like Wiggy to me. <laughs> what well, I, I, I was maybe going to suggest because you're rolling down bad pixar route maybe daisy ridley wants to cut her ah, teeth in animation yeah. as well she's the sort of Season. she's wiggy uh, possibly herself isn't it doing like yeah do, sort of bringing yeah. her it depends if you want wiggy to, to have an english accent so, uh, you know or i was also thinking uh, in case there's song in this as well oh, yeah. <sighs> kendrick's got got previous with that hasn't she Oh, that, I hadn't even thought about song. Of course, there's got to be songs. Surely, this has got to be a musical. It's got to be a musical. <laughs> yeah, Anna Kendrick would be a great, would be a really great fit. Actually. Mm. Can we say that whoever doesn't get the role goes towards being the mole or the right hand of Bigwig? You know, the, the do you know what I mean? Like yeah. both are a good fit for both. I think so. Whoever yeah. turns down the other role will offer it to the other person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. I like that. And you, oh. Mike, you were saying that you had an idea before we jumped on. You were saying you had a, you had one cast member. You teased us with I, that. Yeah, I did have an idea. It's actually for a wig character that I didn't put in in the end, but it's I wanted to float with you guys, see if you thought it was a good idea. Because uh -huh. I was playing with the idea of like love interests for the wig or whatever, but there were so sure. many legs to the story. So I was thinking, what if when she was first homed, the spouse of her owner also has a wig who could be this kind of like slightly smooth arrogant kind of hey kid you know, <laughs> like all that kind of you know like you stick with me you'll be just fine or whatever um and he kind of expects her to fall in love with him um mm -hmm. and i thought that could be but but in like a kind of comic way sort of like um if you've ever watched uh parks and recreation mm. 
Yeah. The way yeah. Tom Haverford is with Anne Perkins, kind of maybe. Like he keeps he's smoother version, but he kind of keeps trying. Yeah. Just, just always yeah, just yeah, keeps yeah, trying. Sure. And I thought for comic relief, I thought it'd be really good to have Will Arnett. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, I mean, in the marketing rights itself, we've got Will Hairnet. So Will I think Hairnet. Right. So I think even on the strength of that, because these, these DreamWorksy type films are basically just advertised well. And that, you know, like the, yeah. perhaps there's a priority over being made well. So, um, so yeah, that Will Arnett, I'm all over. That that is grand. And like he needs something after. Um, well, he, I mean, he did the Lego Batman, didn't he? And then he was in Arrested Development, which was obviously. he I mean, like know, if not, classic. he would he would produce this entire film, and then Will Hairnet would be like the Saturday night talk show host on the TV, wouldn't it? If he doesn't if he doesn't play that role, he would be <laughs> yeah. the Saturday night talk show wig. <laughs> yeah, he'll be exec producer. He'll decide to cut his own role. Um, and then he'll mm-hmm. just show up as a cameo in like the post-credit sequence as the as an SNL spoof of like yeah, yeah. Of, of something going on in Wig World. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds for the cue ball guy. Great I shout! Feel like he's got that after Deadpool. Mm. He's got to get that. He can do balls. Absolutely. Yeah, he can play balls. Or he can, oh, he can do balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also thought that given that it's, I mean, given what the film is, I thought you have to have Seth Rogen in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, Seth Rogen's got a place. He'd, he'd be like the the made out of hemp, wouldn't it? Like the wig made out of hemp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone <laughs> someone got bored on a weed farm somewhere and made a wig out of the produce, <laughs> and then Seth Rogen comes out. Um, yeah, he's got to be there somewhere. So I, personally, I I've, I really only have to just this. I don't know if you need to put emphasis on it or not, but I feel like the event. I want to uh, personally. I want to know what the event is that triggers the the the, the hair loss in in the entire world, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, there's there's a part of me that thinks, you know, what what could this event be? Because and and it's in the end, it ends up to be something positive, doesn't it? Because you know, it, it, it the world re- gets to reshape eventually. Um, but does the event um, is it directly related to wigs gaining sentience, or did they have sentience before this climactic event, or or, or or is this event that triggered everything also what gave the wigs their sentience? I suppose that would be my last major question before we greenlight this wonderful idea. Gosh, this is a major <laughs> question. Um, I really wish I had a better answer for you. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like so. What the options are either the the event that caused alopecia is also what directly causes wig sentience mm-hmm. or there is a simultaneous coincidental event yeah. that happens to make all <laughs> wigs sentient yeah. while also removing conveniently removing yeah. all of human body hair yeah or um, the wigs had sentience beforehand but never quite had the reason to rise up and they just stayed quiet in a toy story sort of fashion and you yeah, know. I I think in maybe that's that's the one to go for. Is just assume that wigs have always been sentient, okay. and suddenly now they're just enjoying like a, a golden age of of uh, of wiggery. That uh, word that I've just made wiggery. up. Um, and, that, uh, <laughs> that's gold. Oh, there is actually one thing I wanted to raise as an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that like it's really important. Raise as an issue. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, there was. I did. Um, I was thinking about the problem of how. Why is it that they can like like in Toy Story, all the toys pretend to be silent when a human walks in? Mm. 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 Do the wigs just pretend to be quiet, or is it one of those things where like um, I was talking to my flatmate about it, and he said, well, like, what if what if um, uh, like 
you just have a tagline at the beginning or like some little bit of dialogue that's like one of the wigs talking to each other going Shh, the humans will hear you and they go no 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 no, come on they're way too busy they never hear what we say and then you never talk about it again you just yeah yeah that. you just you know? well that's, is... that's on someone's head and the person whose head it's on goes huh like that that's yeah, all you need yeah. to sort of or say it... that the humans can't just can't quite hear what Actually, they're saying you sure you, know? you have those headphones don't you that don't go in your ears but give me like Play sound like bo- yeah, bone conduction ones, yeah. Bone conduction. Yeah. So maybe that's wow. that's how the humans can hear it. So they can only hear the wigs when they're on someone's head. Oh, so they have to try and be silent when they're being worn. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe they just in... signal, I and mean, that's why you get bad hair days, bad wig days, and stuff because oh, yeah. the wigs are signaling <laughs> to each that's other. That's like like some wig <laughs> semaphore. Yes, exactly. They're just yeah. lifting up different ones. In, when I was first thinking about this, one of the first things I thought of was like you'd have like a montage at the beginning and two people like bump into each other on the street and the two people are like, oh, terribly sorry. And the wigs, and one of the wigs like, hey, I'm walking here. And then you just do really <laughs> bad film references or like, hey, my human's walking here or something. Really, yeah, really no, that's, nice. that's, that's brilliant. That is a dynamite opening. I love it, right? <laughs> God, so silly. Amazing. Right, anything, yeah. have you got anything else that we, because this is such a good idea. Is there anything else that you that you feel like I've got to tell them this. this is- I suppose we didn't really go into much talk about like fake eyebrows and fake facial hair and fake merkins. That merkins. could be fun, depending on how R-rated we want to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was Maybe. thinking you could address one moment, like when they're supposed to be wearing the wigs, uh, that the Q, the Q balls are supposed to be wearing the wigs. Uh, well, you know, one of the lead female car- humans walks in and, you know, they're like, hey, why aren't you wearing like, you know, sort of Jemima? And uh, she's like, I'm not wearing Jemima on my head. You know, like just was, one of those like silly I was just, moments. I was going to say something like that. It would be like when she when she first goes to the house and she's like, oh, so whose head are you where, where on? And they're like, head? What do you mean head? Yeah, what do you mean head? <laughs> yeah, so there's scope for that sort of stuff, isn't there? But yeah, with the eyebrows, they would be children, wouldn't they? I don't know. I'm just trying to find ways. They'd be. That's why they move so much, right? So they're chattering to each other all the time. Yeah. Um, and facial hair would be... I don't know. It would they'd be teenagers because they have a bit of attitude sometimes. They they present something slightly different mm. facial hair, don't they? So maybe different stages of hair would be growing up. Um, um yeah. You know, if you I'm were imagining... trying to, to assign it to something in an animated film. I'm imagining at least one facial hair piece voiced by Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah. The most maybe... amazing facial hair piece. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then maybe like the eyebrows of of that person's spouse or whatever could be like Megan Mullally. Because they work so well together. Yeah, that's so good. And I'd love it if the beard, the, the Nick Offerman beard, was attached to like a real like hipster poser who's never done a day's work in his life. So the Nick Offerman beard being like the sort of grisly outdoors beard is so unhappy being attached to this person's face, you know? <laughs> yes, it's yes. like the rugged used to out, wants to be outdoors chopping wood with its, with its humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, the person is so careless that there's always like food somewhere in, in, in him. <laughs> And he's always like, God, sweet corn again or whatever. And he's yeah, yeah. As soon as he like, comes off, he's kicking it out, isn't he? All the food. He's, yeah. out <laughs> he's, he's trying grumbling. to like shit the yeah. moustache, like trying to shake <laughs> off little bits of like grease and chips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was. Um, I, I already expect it to be good from Mike, but that was an incredibly. Uh, fantastic idea. Uh, one that I'm going to uh, grass him up here as well because he said um, 
in the break that he it was an idea that he actually wanted to make and as it <laughs> as it started as it started to form um i was going why is this the idea that he wanted to make and then when he got to the end i thought yeah i can see that i can, I can see i can see why he wanted to make that I mean, Sausage Party got made. Like, if it's a cartoon, <laughs> you yeah, can do fair anything. Play, fair play. Dan, fair play. That's so absolutely you make a true. Very good yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dan has a tall order um, here, um, as he always does, and he, and he often always sort of matches that. But so, how are you feeling, Dan, today about it's your idea? Not, that's not going to happen today. <laughs> okay. That's not going to. I apologise to all our listeners who always look forward to my thoroughly prepared um, pitches. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week has definitely been closer to duping than not. Um, but, you know, we'll give it a go well, and we can all come together. Yeah, I mean, that's what we normally do with, uh, you know, when Ryan sort of gives us his idea. That's normally a good opportunity for us to sort of throw things in. I'm thinking that it depends what Ryan wants to do. Maybe going forward, um, we, we, always, uh, we always relish the challenge. He always relishes the challenge of, the, of a guest coming in and duping. But uh, I, I think maybe a job swap. Some kind of exchange program, maybe, where Ryan has a few weeks prep if, and if in, exchange if brand in, dupes. If in 40 minutes I can come up with the absolute spun gold that I do, imagine what I can do with, you know. I, also, I have well, just compared myself think, to Rumpelstiltskin as well. But um, yeah. I think there, there, there beginneth the challenge. Ryan. But I also, I, I also yeah. don't want to give up this role, like Rumpelstiltskin. You know, he enjoys stealing children and spinning gold. Don't sometimes reference yourself as Rumpelstiltskin, you know? man. Yeah, no one ever sometimes to be takes that. its toll, Ryan. I think you feel you've you've expressed your chagrin and not being able to get as many wins as you'd like to. And maybe now, if you get the chance to prepare, no one's going to stand in your way. Is what I reckon. All I've got so... to do is just see. I just, I've just got to work, Sean. That's all I've got to do. Yeah, I'm, exactly I'm unworkable. <laughs> I'm unworkable. Insider knowledge. The ideas win. Ghosts of Tushima, like I did for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's win. so good. Great game. Great game. <laughs> Such great. That's why Dan won afterwards. Um, so uh... <laughs> exactly the, the straightaway afterwards. Um, I. 40 minutes you spent ryan i have spent four maybe and i i used my family um to come up with some ideas i asked my little man about um what he thought big wig should be and he said it should be he didn't know what a wig was to start with <laughs> so we had to explain that that was that was interesting a bit of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so we explained a wig and then he said it should be a wig that's big uh-huh. great yeah great start. <laughs> Um, that has lots of superpowers. Right. And when we describe, I thought that's great. What superpowers does he have? All of them. <laughs> so that I'm, I, I, I thought that was probably too much to do in one pitch. Yep. So whilst I think that one would have won, we're just going to take that one yeah. away. And your, and um, your kid's wife, 37 as well. So it's weird that, that he would. Yeah. It's really weird that that's yeah. how he talks now. Yeah. So, um, and my wife then came up with two pitches. So neither of these are mine, um, which absolves me of any problem here. We're um, desperate to get her on as well, Dan. So you must put the good Yeah, um, she's, she's desperate to listen to an episode at some point. Um, <laughs> of, uh, of Slap Dude. <laughs> slap Dude. Slap Dude. Podcast. Slap Dude. Uh, so the first one she came up with was a Pixar. Mm-hmm. It was a Pixar and it was effectively um, a bug's life, but with a very small earwig. Mm-hmm. who had who was yeah who was not accepted into mm-hmm. the clan of earwigs yeah. and had to go on this journey to come back and become the big wig yeah 
of the... Uh, it would involve so, at one point some... going into the ear of the president and giving him advice, right? Hence the earwig. That would be part of his of the journey of... Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, but we decided we didn't have much to go with. Now that I've said it out loud, I'm like, <laughs> why, why didn't I go with that pitch? <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one for another uh-huh. time. But we settled, or say we settled, she gave me two and I, I decided <laughs> this one was... Um, it's, a, it's about a wig shop in, now that I'm thinking about it, in sort of um, civil rights era America. Um, and it's, it's less, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it, we're going from one extreme mm, to the other. Mm. It's not a Pixar cutesy movie. It's more like um, a Steel Magnolias okay. kind of, um, just all, all set in one location. Oh, I love that. In, yeah. in this barber's yeah. or this sort of wig uh, shop that is for the women of that era. So I was thinking about, I um, don't know if any of you watched Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. and in the second season, there's a lot about where the, the, the barbers, where yeah. the um, where they're having their civil rights um, conversations. And I was thinking maybe it was an exclusively black woman shop mm-hmm. that catered to making wigs. And we see um, a, a small subsection of uh, that, neighborhood which would be a small town neighborhood i think in america and maybe view the civil rights movement through a, a few people being in this in this barbershop um and i really like the idea of that because I, I still magnolia is a great film mm-hmm. but i also saw it as a play which my wife was in right and it was amazing i think it, it works as both um and so the sort of this location means you you get to see people in their very sort of their rawest form where they're being secretive with their with their friends or not you know people new people entering but we get to see the location develop and the people you know you can skip chunks of time can't you because you just come back to the mm. same location mm. and maybe we follow a, a younger uh, a younger black woman dealing with it with sort of some more established um sort of citizens of that um community with older black women creating these wigs and that the wigs are an expression of themselves as they're coming through um this time period anyway but it's mostly about the people mm-hmm. um that's my i say log line that's my pitch and actually um i've been th- I, I, I say four minutes i have i had a little think about it and uh, it, it feels it feels relevant do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it feels like a good idea Mm. Um, but I'm definitely going to need help extrapolating on that and where, where our plot might go and um, and what things we might encounter as part of mm. that. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, the reasons why people need wigs are incredibly varied. Like when you actually think mm. about it, which we've had to for this, um, you, there are so <laughs> many different reasons. I mean, um, you yeah. know, it, 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 from... Uh, sort of illness and, and sort of uh, uh, sort of um, wanting to sort of improve yourself or or appear a different way. Um, some of it can be vanity. Some of it can be necessity. Um, it, you know, it says quite a lot about wigs. And then some people just wear wigs because it's easier to wear a wig than it is to do your hair, right? So you've got like, so you have a whole sort of split of different uh, mm. reasons, and that would also cross all the. I expect it would cross all the age lines as well. So with this story that you wanted mm. to sell, which is incredibly important, having lots of different viewpoints, um, I also think it's kind of interesting when you look at things like equal rights, civil rights, 
it's interesting to um, examine maybe uh, why people at the time were talking about the other point of view. I'm not saying, obviously, it's not the correct point of view, but I think that's fascinating, almost like uh, in people who enable the status quo, even within the communities. You know, they, they often say yeah. sometimes, um, you know, with feminism, one of the problems is are other women as well. And so that's an important part of it, as well as, you know, obviously, horrible men. Um, but you have, um, <laughs> you have that whole sort of uh, structure. And then also you have different opinions on, uh, based on, age i think every decade you know the opinions would slightly alter on mm -hmm. perhaps how uh the civil rights would need to be implemented and all of that um it's amazing that we can look back and see how it happened but at the time you would have expected these places as they are now it's one common goal but everybody's fighting a slightly different sort of fight on the front of this of this one thing i, I think there's also an element of like trust in the people that are around you and like sort of shops like that like i one of my um friends who lived in amsterdam like i know how important um a good salonist or barber is to people with black hair because it's so difficult to work with and mm -hmm. you have to have that trust i had a friend who would only get his hair cut when he came back to visit his family he lived in amsterdam because he didn't trust any of the barbers out there yeah, because yeah. he knew this guy. And the same thing, I have a friend who goes to a salonist and she spends 300 quid every time she gets her hair done because that salonist is so good. And so, you know, mm -hmm. that's the other thing, like inside of that shop or the salon that you have, you, you have that level of um, friendship, trust, trust. knowledge, yeah. mm. uh, you know, they will inside, be of, the know inside of the bar, inside of the chair. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I was also thinking about like, the Luke Cage series and all mm. and all that sort of basing around sort of that barber shop and sort of the bringing up of in that particular case is the bringing up of young mm. men and, and yeah. teaching mm -hmm. them the respect and stuff. Um, but I imagine not not being um, either female or black. I don't know whether what that sort of culture would be, and I would love to know more about it, especially for developing the pitch. Mm. But I imagine that there is a, a a community around that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd love to explore that and kind of explore the outside world without ever seeing the outside world. So it's, we only ever really see what's happening. So it's all set the eyes within, the, within the within Yeah, you never, leave, you never leave the... It's the, just a one, one location. Mm. Yeah, which would make it great for a stage play as well, of course, in the mm -hmm. end. Because you, I mean, you wouldn't have brilliant. to. Got versatility um, already so, yeah, on the brain. Got first, oh, yeah, I'm just selling it worldwide. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that you would, you would actively only see what's happening the events via those people and you know their their, their age we could see them age over over a, mm -hmm. a, a year it could be a year. it could be a small time frame it could be the sort of the time frame mm. when it's all kicking off or mm. it could be we see it as every summer or something when this girl comes back from uh going to college maybe she's the first person to have gone to college in that community and she comes back every summer so we see her sort of um apprenticing or helping her mum out in the salon every summer so we see you know sort yeah. of five summers or something as we go yeah. through yeah. um so I, I don't know that's that feels like a it feels like a thing yeah it seems it, yeah it seems like something you can hang the the rest of the sort of story around doesn't it yeah definitely this sort of yeah. this relationship yeah. between uh, the family members. Um, can I throw in a soundtrack idea that I was thinking of while, while you were discussing that? Um, yeah. Because I was thinking, um, 
I always, when we think of these sorts of things, I, if we're having fun, I go towards the obvious place. And if we're, if we're being serious, I try to go towards a slightly less obvious place. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about soundtracks and, I, and, and, and vo the voices of people. And um, we had a really fascinating mm. discussion the other day uh, with, or I had one with a, with a few other friends about um, uh, how they didn't. Uh, this person they didn't like to listen to video reviews or watch video reviews. They found it sort of a bit of a waste of time. They want they would have been happy for a transcript, and that's how they like to take in the information. Um, to me, my opinion was that that's fine, obviously, um, but the thing was delivered. Uh, in that voice, and it was delivered by a person, uh, and it was their vo their voice is a, is a huge component of it, I think, and and sort of it goes mm -hmm. into the brain a different way. So I'm really fascinated by the idea of maybe like everybody sings, everybody sings, whether it's to to a to a, a degree where you want other people to listen to it and you're good, to you want other people yeah. to listen to it and you're bad, to um, you know being good and nobody listening to you, and you know the converse of that where you know you're bad and you just sing in the shower, right? So everybody's got this voice, and I sort of thought, well, every major character in the film should sing. And it can be the kind of singing that's just casual, like you would sing as you're walking to, to, to somewhere without realizing it, a song that you've heard from yeah. somewhere else that, that means something to you. But at that particular time, you're just singing it because your brain is, you're allowing your brain to sort of enter a different place while you're singing. It's almost yeah. like a sort of meditation. Um, and that's the soundtrack. It doesn't have to be these broad, amazing sort of um, stirring pieces of music, but they are stirring in a way, aren't they? Because it's just the voices of the well, people yeah. that you're watching. And wouldn't it be? I mean, you, you'd have the stereo in, the, you'd have the radio in the in the shop, so you could absolutely play sort of songs of that uh, of the time and of, of the civil rights. Like you got like stormy weather, mm -hmm. haven't you? And like um, uh, Mississippi, goddamn, you like yeah, yeah. Nina Simone sure. and like and, and like Billie Holiday with like Strange Fruit and stuff like that, literally playing yeah. on the background. Like, and you can have that to to highlight the points of what's going on at, at particular times, and then they can be singing around together. Well, because, you'd, like, you'd you'd almost have somebody listening to that as they're mopping, uh, as they're sweeping up some hairs yeah. and sorting some and stuff singing out, along. singing along, mm. and then they move into the back room, and then there's a there's a two minute scene of them sorting something out, and it's just them on their own in the room, and they're just singing the lyrics. They already they know it, and mm -hmm. there's no music. Yeah. You're just listening to them carry that message from the radio, carry that from behind. carry it to yeah. a different place, right? So that's you know that's. Yeah. That's something that I don't know. You don't see it very often because it is unusual. But I think it's no, and it, and it is such a, a strong part of the black culture, especially mm. around then, in terms mm. of gospel and stuff like that. That maybe there is some of that. Uh, I lo I love that idea that you know, sort of we can see what's going yeah. on through the song. Maybe it's the character um, that doesn't want to talk about it in front of other people, you know. But but when yeah. they're on their own, you can see how impactful and important it is to them. But but not everybody yeah. has to be. Uh, has to fight for a cause by by using their voice or by by or, or you can support a cause by perhaps not being uh, as good as you would like to be in the, in fighting for the cause. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love. I absolutely love the idea of the radio. And yeah, like you said, you could have someone who's yeah. a little more introverted, a little less comfortable putting themselves on the spot, and you can mm. see their character develop depending on the time frame you have with the music that they listen yeah. to and sing along to and how it affects them personally. Mm. And I think you could also yeah. have a system yeah, whereby absolutely. you can use the radio as its own sort of character, but also as a way to um, 
signpost events happening outside the barbershop whether it's a very specific radio broadcast and that tells you what day it is whether it's an important day or something happened or you Mm -hmm. know whether it was you know in um i don't know uh like miles davis's heyday or whatever i don't know exactly what time frame you're thinking but you could completely signpost that with the music that's playing on the radio yeah with some big some big knowledgeable things or, or events that don't even necessarily have to link to the civil rights stuff but we now know we're in uh, like you just you just you'd have yeah. it where it's like kind just of like the radio is playing or... yeah, yeah and the radio is maybe like a news broadcast of like something happening at that time um yeah you know like dan if you're going by the sort of umbrella academy thing it will be you know the assassination of yeah. um jfk of jfk yeah. and you just hear that news report being told yeah and then they can talk yeah. about it in that sort of what that means. And it'd be interesting if like the radio is our window as an audience and their window into the outside world. If at some point, obviously the outside world, I feel at some point the outside world should be physically forced into mm. their world. Like we should see it you know, sort of a, mm. uh, a violation of that sacred space at some point, which would only be sort of a reflection of, of what's going on. But maybe in that sort of that fracas that the, the radio itself is broken oh. and that that is like sort of a, a, an image of, of what's going on going on mm-hmm. here and so you know maybe it's the the quiet person's job like gently over the next session that we see them putting that back together trying to to refix their their uh, connection to the outside world. i love so. the idea of viewing the um the salon uh, wig shop as well as being like a sacred space because mm-hmm. mm. that allows you first of all to feel sacred and safe depending on the atmosphere you create with the music or whatever but also once you've made something sacred you can break that yeah mm-hmm. that and that, and that feels feels horrible and that's momentous and that's huge yeah. you know yeah. whether it's yeah. someone coming in unwanted and unannounced or 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 whatever yeah you challenge that safe space don't you and you sort of have to Mm. make it uncomfortable and then and then the then what happens out of that whether it becomes a safe space and comfortable again that's Mm. you know who knows whether that will happen that's within that's for the characters to sort of do yeah so is the shop called big wig is big wig a phrase they use is it i'm trying to work out whether the shop's called big wig or whether, or maybe the shop is called Bigwig after the matron of the place, who's got, who's been called Bigwig because she makes the best wigs. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's all, it's Could, all based off of so that. So I, I had a thought that maybe Bigwig is like an associated term that they that they use. But then I, uh, so my coming in, you know, like if you talk about the girl that comes back. You know, mm-hmm. each summer because she's at college and that sort of thing, and or whatever, and she's sort of well, maybe they call her the big. She's wig she's, she's not, but she's maybe she's not ready educated. for the big wig yet. She's not ready for the big yeah. wig yet, and that's her, like you know, and all the all the women joke about it in the in the salon. Yeah, and it's like a thing. It's like a state. It's like a state of being rather than an state actual of thing. being. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's when she like takes... now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've not yet attained big wig. Yeah, but well, like... maybe they. Say, but maybe like when she stands up for the civil rights, when she... she understands it and she stands up for the civil rights movement. Yeah, you're a big wig now. All the women here yeah. have already been doing that their entire lives. Yeah, she's got yeah. the big wig now. She's got big wig yeah, status yeah. now. That's nice. Big wig status. Well, this is actually a good point. So is there one particular protagonist who we're following or is it the community well, in the shop as a whole? I, I, I guess that would that would come out, I reckon, in the script and the casting. So I reckon what would happen is, obviously we, it's based around this 
young girl we her she's our chronometer isn't she we see her come back every summer mm-hmm. and so we see her growth and the other ones are sort of more i don't want to say stagnant but they're there right so they're they're not they're unmoving static oh, um, mm. static <laughs> yeah but maybe maybe they're not obviously uh, you know there's the opportunity for maybe one of them to pass on one of the older uh, ladies to pass on maybe there's the opportunity for some of them to move away or have to be forced to move away mm. so we start to see a change in that what happens when a white girl comes in to get a haircut well i don't again at this time i don't think that would happen that's true and i think yeah. that's the thing right yeah. so there would be white only hairdressers yeah. and so mm. there would be black only hairdressers as well and i think we would we would get that quite clearly and we might yeah. see that. Uh, if you wanted it, if you didn't want to focus on one particular person specifically, you could treat the wig shop or barbershop as the protagonist. And so mm. over time, that the character of the shop develops based on who's yeah. coming in and what's happening. I love that. And then you yeah, also yeah. see how the shop is affected itself by what's going on outside. So you have the sacred space yeah. and what if it gets... What if it gets ransacked? Yeah. You know, what if what yeah, if their world explodes yeah. and it's the shop that you see is the conduit for that message? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was gonna that. say, I was yeah, I was gonna, sort of. You almost want to anchor it. I would sort of take that one step further, but absolutely, that's where my brain was as well. Like, so you mm. have you know a picture on the wall of Bigwig, the person who has been named the you know the original Bigwig, Mama Bigwig or Bigwig. I don't want to sound like that's too much of a cliche, yeah. but like whatever it would have been, the matriarch uh, Bigwig. Mm. Um, and you almost utilize that picture of her as the protagonist. So characters will reference her, talk to her, you know, they will, as the shop yeah. grows, it's like, it's like shop. Yeah, the picture is like the head of the shop and then the shop is the body, right? And that's, so yeah, it's yeah. exactly what you're saying, Mike. I absolutely love that. Like it's, it's just a vessel for all these sort of different changing ideals and, and this growth and it itself changes over time. And you have this picture. This is the wanky director. And this is hashtag wanky director. Is that like <laughs> that picture? If you you almost treat it and shoot it like a protagonist, and, and you come back talk to, to it, it and Everyone yeah, people will talk, will talk to, to it. it. They'll reference it. Maybe you find out that it's not even the picture of the original woman. It was. Just, it's just a figurehead because sometimes you need something to rally around. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you would you would shoot it like it's a main character. And yeah, that's. I think you sort of sometimes you can elevate material just by attaching. Some uh, sort of, sort of um, I don't know how you'd phrase it, like just sort of just some subtle visual cues, and you change the whole meaning of of an entire piece. Right at this point, um, it leads me to ask Dan if he can remind us what happens to this idea. You always look surprised, Dan, even though you know it's coming. <laughs> It's because one, I, I'm you. I thought you would do it. Do you know what I mean? Like one day if, you're gonna go. Do you know what? If Sean actually, Dan, doesn't do have to do a job, I know how this works. If Sean doesn't have to do a job. He he won't. If Sean that's doesn't, why he bought, listen, that's why he, he doesn't know a how to do it. Because he doesn't cook. He doesn't cook in in parties. Uh-huh. But he always does the washing up. So we've got a dishwasher to do all that for him. Putting the dishes away during Jeez, a party is valuable just... thinking time. It's it's yeah. the dream. It's the kind of dreaming while you're awake. You file everything that everyone said to you. You put all the dishes in the dishwasher at a party, put them all in, sort it's also it out. Efficient. It's efficient use. Do you know what I mean? Like efficient use of your time. If you're, like, if you're making dinner for a party and you choose uh, to outsource I, that I, and get a takeaway, just, is that any I less gave you an out, Dan. Do you know I, I mean? gave you an out, Dan, to get Sean to figure out how to learn out these heats. No, if you I, want to keep explaining I, it, you go ahead. We, 
we've got a time limit on these on these podcasts and so that's why i take it over but um having said that sean what's what happens with these apparently mm -hmm. and it's getting just remind me because i just don't remember I just don't remember. Dan. I think that's yeah. what it is. Well, no, you just want you just. Shall want to I? Shall I tell you? you? Yeah, I go on, Mike. Yeah, go on. Tell us. Tell us. Here's how it works. Here it works. Uh, now we all go and have a shot of tequila, mm -hmm. uh, and then we come back and we we tell each other a poem that we wrote while under the effect. Oh. And then we take a call, and we tell the caller the poems, and then they judge. Wow. Do we just and call then, a random the number? Ends. Or hang on, you've just come up with the next. <laughs> yeah, podcast. that's a better idea than Slashy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> It'd be called uh, posing, so happens, posing under Sean? the influence. Oh, what happens is that the winner of today, whoever that might be, mm -hmm. um, they go into the pot with another five winners of this section mm -hmm. uh, of this of this heat. Now I'm going to start again because this is utterly ridiculous. It's short, so hard. It's short, hard. It's short, hard sharp, short, sharp, and it's sexy. not. It's short and sharp, right? So, Sean, here's how it yep. happens. Uh, at the end of every episode, someone's crowned mm -hmm. the winner. Uh, and they all go into pot at the end of six episodes. We have an adjudicator mm -hmm. round. If you haven't listened to any of those, we we'll have our heat, those. don't we? we have our awesome. heat. Yeah. Yeah. The adjudicator heat. They choose one of those six. Mm -hmm. And at the end of four of those Ooh. heats, we should end up with four four winners. And then we're going to take two wild cards. Yeah, as, as voted. I think one by, of them yeah. might even be voted by the, so. yeah, by the crowd. See, look, I do remember. By our, our listener. By our listener. And then those six go into the final. And that winner of that final, mm -hmm. we're going to make into the trailer of a film. Yes, which has been creeping closer every day, the yeah. realisation that we actually it's have to do It's more of a that. reality now. Yeah. And we have not but... got the skills yet. Oh, that's cool. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. If Big Wig, your Big Wig wins, then we're going to have to hire a subpar Pixar animation <laughs> yeah. company. So yeah, any suggestions? Um, yeah, I'll go call Seth MacFarlane. He'll he'll make anything. So if you get onto if you get onto SlashTube on all of our socials, that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's at SlashTube and forward slash r SlashTube for. Reddit as well. Reddit. You can vote on the ideas for the wild cards to go into the final and then could potentially be the crowdsourced episode that wins. Mm -hmm. So you can find all of that at SlashTube. And yeah. actually, I realised, because we've got such an obscure title, if you just Google SlashTube, all of it comes up. There's no other thing out there. We are unique. <laughs> That's one thing you can say for us, is that we are unique. <laughs> <laughs> So today's dupe is Ryan. Um, you would think twice, bitten once shy, um, but Ryan will not shy away from the challenges inherent uh, in only hearing the title for the very first time at the start of this episode. You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you, Ryan? Um, yeah, I love being bitten. He loves it. He loves it. It's one of his things. Um, so, okay, uh, it, you've got big wig. You've had 40 minutes or so to think about it. Um, please give us your, uh, take it away with your idea for... Uh, big wig absolutely thank you very much sean so i obviously came up with a few ideas as i normally do i toyed with the idea of a, a b horror movie about a giant lovecraftian style wig that attacks probably a city in china because they're the type of people that would fund it um <laughs> i then thought about as well a uh, big wig to do with uh, a corporate games to compete to become the new head of the company oh. um a sort of hunger game mm. style thing that works like that um 
And then I, I'll tell you my idea, and then I'll no, I'll just I'll just actually I'll just tell you the idea. Uh, yeah, the the other title was sort of problematic. So um, I wanted to make something that's a kind of a meta film, a meta series, right? I'm going down Dan's route. I'm going down the uh, Netflix series route. Sort of meta, you know, like the way AJ and the Queen was kind of meta about uh, RuPaul, about being a, a, um, a drag artist. And what was one about, what was one with Charlie Kaufman, where like he wrote it and it's about him, but he doesn't... Cynic Dakini or... Man on the Moon? Or Either one of those, if, that, if that's what it is. If he wrote them and they're about him. Um, that sort of like meta film. So this is a meta film about Jonathan Ross. <laughs> wow. What? Wow. Oh, so wait, I have a question. Instantly I have a question. Sure. Is the title of the film actually Big Rig? You have absolutely nailed it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Right? You've absolutely How did nailed you know it. That? Oh my god. Right? But <laughs> it's Big Wig. So basically, Jonathan Ross in his show does something awful, uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know, trips and pulls Cardi B's weave off her head or something uh-huh. like that. Or nice. like maybe he's just, or maybe he just gets, uh, at, you know, aged out of doing his show where they want all these new young guys to do these chat show hosts and they're sort of mm-hmm. pushing other guys out. So he goes drinking in a bar, some dive bar somewhere because he doesn't want to get noticed. And he sees all these, these long haul truckers having like loads of fun. And, <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, whatever. Those guys doing whatever they're gonna do, whatever. So anyway, so starts starts to shop his his professional CV around. Isn't getting any work. Goes back to the bar drinking, and he starts chatting to them. And and he's like, you know, he's like, honestly, it's a great job. Um, you know, they'll take anyone on, even you, Jonathan Ross. So this would be like, you know, the first couple of episodes of this of this. Um, Netflix show he is learning how to drive the big truck and it's all a bit weird and they're all sort of you know he's, he keeps talking about the big rig but can't obviously is mispronouncing got, okay. the W and the R also just to work up to the big rig you can't go big rig straight away so that's why he's just he's just going he's going he's going straight in oh okay right but this but this but this gives him this gives him the idea you know it's and obviously we'll have some kind of montage where he learns how to drive it you know gets his hgv license or whatever it is mm-hmm. to to <laughs> to do that or, or maybe he's got it already because he had to do it for like one of the shows he was on uh, you know, it was like, I don't know, part of like a challenge that you had to do or something like that. So maybe he's got it already. But he then realizes that there's not any, he can, he can monetize this, right? So he creates Jonathan Ross's big wig. Yeah. And it's, it's his truck. And he, inside of his truck, he sets up microphones, streaming cameras. And it's like a marathon TV show with he's the producer he gets to talk about whatever he wants he's not hamstrung and he basically like live streams himself while he's doing these long haul trucking deliveries just talking out all of his own thoughts and it's sort of like a bit of a therapy for him but also he can like then get people into the into the rig with him and it's like a whole thing jonathan ross's big wig and it's and he starts to get guests in for like the for the, like the long call people who have like played truckers or talked about it or musicians in that will like write a whole album or write a whole song while they're on like the 
I don't know, however long this journey is that he's good, that he's going to be taking. And mm-hmm. I know Sean really loves SnowRunners. Yeah, so SnowRunner the know, game, so good. SnowRunner the game, so that you like just play guys a long haul, or you play like a truck driver in like a bunch of different wildernesses, and you're just driving like <laughs> lorries around, picking up loads, dropping them off, and stuff. And it's genuinely one of the most meditative and satisfying games I've ever played. During the lockdown, I genuinely recommend it to anyone. It's like once you get into it, it's yeah, it's like meditation. It's called SnowRunner. It's amazing. Noted. I, and so, I mean, like, that that may be, I mean, maybe, maybe I might retcon it here, but maybe that's what he does when he's sitting at home and he can't, he's not getting a job and he starts playing SnowRunner. Well, it's a little bit like and The Trip, like, isn't it? So, it. like, it has this sort of feeling that it's sort of a documentary, or, but not even documentary, you have a feeling almost like it's real life that's being observed. And his son's mm. playing SnowRunner, you know, and he sort of comes in and goes, what's that? And it sort of, and that sort of sparks off the idea. You know, yeah, so, it's and idea so he, next career move. Yes, but, he actually, exactly. but he's actually a career, right? He's actually got to do it. He's actually got to do it for work. But he monetizes it by making it like a long a, mm. a show where he gets to talk to people for a prolonged period of time. So he's not he's not hamstrung by advertisers and and time limits. You know, it's literally like he can just talk for hours with these people. It's completely unedited. You know, you get the real um, you get to see the real side of him. And I think so then he, he starts to he then starts to get um, sponsors from the things that he's hauling so like his journeys become like longer because he is like you know and then and then it has to and that's how he start. you know oh you know we're we're here with uh i don't know the the colonel and it's like he's because he's like hauling a bunch of chickens for kfc or whatever <laughs> and like and so that's and you know so but he so he starts to like combine the two things he loves right being a presenter and having a sort of show where he he's not hamstrung by anyone but he's also doing it to make a living like he's still on well, he's it, raising you know, the you, profile you, raising you, the profile of long yeah truckers. i mean it's interesting that he can interview people over several days of actual work as well you know they're actually doing long-haul trucking work and delivering mm. stuff and signing stuff off and parking up and you know he's, and he's interviewing them maybe because over a period of days the you can dig deeper into the questions that you ask maybe and you've shared a cab with someone you know and you you share a meal at the truck stop sort of thing so and like, that's exactly what i was going to say so then he also like like anyone who tries to who reaches out for their, their businesses their first time they try to grab everything with all their hands so this is him like oh maybe i can also do the reviews of every truck stop that i find and like i can also uh, talk to every trucker that i meet to like get a story from them and stuff like that and yes maybe he does some of that um and then, you know, you start to understand, like, some people are doing this for a living. Some people are doing it because they have to. Some people look down on them because they're like, I've been doing this for years. You're, like, coming in here trying to, I just want to, like, do my job and get out of here. And now people are trying to give you jobs because it gives them a spotlight. Uh, and they're waiting a week for you to drive here when I've been sitting in the town twiddling my thumbs. And so it's that sort of, that's where the idea of raising that profile of, of the truckers comes from as well. Um, and that's sort of, I haven't got, I haven't particularly I think maybe I guess the end of season one will be like he they go to off he he's obviously done really really well in this got loads of viewers off his own back and everything like that Twitch love him and uh, you know everything else and it's and then he gets his show offered back to him oh you know you can come back and redo the Jonathan Ross show and he he'll you know and that'll be the end of season one he'll be still sitting there with the contract and obviously then if Netflix renew it then he uh, obviously then. The beginning of season two is them getting rid of it, but if they don't. It's a limited series, eight episodes. Yeah, and that you know that's well. Honestly, well that's, Netflix that's the gave basis Net- of 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 my idea for Bigwig, a meta Jonathan Ross. Yeah, well, Netflix gave sure. um, uh, Letterman a good sort of show, and he sort of managed to sort of reinvent himself and 
and and it's part of his personality is in the show as well as interviewing these really interesting guests um mm. so so yeah i mean there's scope for it i think and it's like i mean i i apologize deeply for this genuinely um <laughs> but the tagline needs to be let's get this show on the road doesn't it and like it's spelt w-o-d-e <laughs> yeah, right or something like that. But I think he leans into it. He leans into the fact that it's like he he's done that. I've seen him on on a lot of talk shows where he does, um, he does lean into that. Oh, hang on a yeah, minute. Let's just because yeah. I I can't think of what it's called. I don't want to call it's it a speech disability. impediment, isn't it? Thank you very much. Speech impediment. I've listened to like a lot of shows where he he leans into his speech impediment and he doesn't he doesn't sort of shy away from it. Um, where some other people would. No, so I'm that's sure he regards it as part is... of his USP. It's part of his personality. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why he doesn't, um, that's why he still calls it his big wig. As so well. my, my one tweak that I would make, I don't know if anyone else has any uh, feedback for this, but my one tweak would be, I, w- I would love to have him genuinely just, it's a long haul trucking thing where he just interviews regular people. So he'll pick them up somewhere and he'll just interview them for the duration of you know, sort of uh, wherever their next stop is or something. It's, 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 it's engendered so that they hmm. are going on a certain journey. He'll just pick up a few people, talk to them about maybe about anything and interview them like he would a celebrity, but just the, the every man, the every person. The So like the people who are hitchhiking, like... Yeah, stuff like that, you know, and it's like a big throwback sort of... It's a big What's throwback ask, show. Ask, 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 or grass. And that's what the sort of thing is, isn't it? What's that? Is this something when, that we're going to cut? No, no. <laughs> what is it's like, it's thing, when truckers, when truckers would like pick up hitchhikers, they'd ask, "Ask gas or grass?" As in, like, you paying for gas? Are you giving me drugs or ass? <laughs> yeah, maybe we do have to cut that. Honestly, it's a thing. That might have to go. And that's so funny. It's a thing. I think. And also, you know, like you, we've got we've got the wonderful the wonderful world of CB radio slang to talk about as well. For sure. You know? Yeah. Ten four, ten four. Got a bear in the air. Going to go get me some of that. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fox hunting gator, alligator handle. Ten four, ten four. Gonna get me some of that. Go that, go juice. That, listen, I don't know. I'm just literally no, looking at Wikipedia. It's great, but that deflated. Oh, I don't know. It's definitely gonna oh, be stay in there. But that's, but that's exactly what it is. Like that's the first time he gets on the CB radio. He's oh, like. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> gonna head on down to Las Wages. That's what I call Las Vegas. Right. So uh, for we had the title Big Wig today. Um, I wasn't quite sure how it would go down. I didn't have an idea myself, but I thought it, it, there must be something interesting out of it. And we got three absolutely fantastic, completely diverse um, pitches out of it. We had Mike's pitch to begin with, uh, a sort of sub Pixar animated film. Uh, with telepathically talking wigs in a post-apocalyptic world uh, where uh, Wiggy, our, our protagonist, um, the, the, becomes the lost wig and she tries to journey home. But in doing so, she finds new purpose. She's lost no more um, because she finds uh, the uh, sort of uh, harmony of her new community and rise, uh, rises up with the community to take down the evil corporation. We had um, uh, a wig shop type uh, drama um, in the civil rights era America via Dan, or actually I'd rather say via Dan's wife. Um, a one location film 
uh, which uh, the location becomes the protagonist. Uh, it, it sort of presides over all of these characters and it allows for a safe space uh, and also perhaps a secret space to explore uh, tough issues, both past and present. And then we had uh, Ryan's film about cops and doggers. No, that's just a small part of it. Um, uh, Ryan uh, the Dupe had nice. a, had a, a TV show idea, a limited series or a series where, um, whether it's meta or not, uh, Jonathan Ross uh, as a long-haul trucker, where he interviews the everyman uh, or the companies to which he is hauling. Um, and, and part of the journey is the freedom of the road itself, uh, maybe the freedom to ask whatever questions come to you. Um, it's sort of carpool karaoke meets comedians and cars getting coffee. So, so they're three absolutely completely different ideas. And you can imagine, I don't know if anybody else feels this as well, but I think it's possibly the hardest... Do I say this all the time? It's possibly the hardest decision I've had just, to make. I just think. quickly, Sean, are you are you missing musicals or the theatre? Because you've tried to interject musicals into all three of our ideas just now. Well, I did. I I'm not sure I entered <laughs> you said, musicals you said into to, the Jonathan Ross idea. You said obviously just. Well, you just said it's like carpool karaoke. Oh, I so see. I think yeah. you're sort of maybe, I, mate, mate. I tell you what. I'm I, my fiance is Japanese, uh, half Japanese, and I have learnt the free the true freedom that comes with karaoke you know not just drunken karaoke after a night out but like you go to a karaoke bar and you're there in the little room and you know that whatever you belt out you have the support of everyone around you and it doesn't matter what you're singing um if you want to belt belt out vanilla ice everybody's there with you if you want to belt out golden eye like that's that's my new that is my new karaoke tune. Anyway, listen, it's not about me. I'm just saying that that I'm, mi <laughs> I'm missing karaoke more than I thought I would during the lockdown. Aren't we all? <laughs> right? Um, mm. So, yes, I, d despite that, I, I, I will continue, as difficult as it is, uh, missing karaoke. Um, I, this has is, this is honestly been the hardest decision, um, genuinely. Well, none of them are even vaguely close to each other. Like yeah, such... I know, I know. Yeah. And they, they're they all of such a great quality. Um, okay, um, I'm going to frame it like this, and I hope that everyone will forgive me. Uh, and everyone at home, if you disagree, please, um, you know, sort of don't don't dox me or anything, but but you can let us know in the comments. <laughs> you, can, you can let us know. Um, I am... I love the Jonathan Ross one, but Ryan, um, it's it's great, but it's just the third best out of the three. It's still absolutely fantastic. It's the, take your pick of whichever Lord of the Rings film you like the least, it's that one, right? It's still a Lord of the Rings film, <laughs> right? For me, I don't know. That's so probably good. Return of the King's my least favorite, but I still love it, right? Um, also, I secretly love... The, and I could see everyone's eyes light up when you talked what, about... cops and doggers? Of no. course you really like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, of course it but, was. But I'm going to... Okay, I'll lead into this. So let me just say quickly, corporate games where you decide who becomes the boss, that's that's an idea that has, like, Jason Bateman written I, all over it. Like, it's you could see it on Netflix tomorrow. Jason Bateman or J Jason Statham? Oh, both. Both. Jason ba Bateman. Both, both. both. It's Bateman both. on one both. side and Statham on the other. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> and that that I mean that writes itself. It's got Netflix written all over it. It makes a billion dollars. Everyone's rich. So I secretly I, I love that idea, Ryan, and and you tease us sometimes with the ideas that you that you don't expand on. Um, 
I'm gonna. It's just. It's just the again. So well, you know, I might as well. I might as well carny this and jump on stage. It's just as I was talking about <laughs> earlier about the spinning that gold. You know, just spin too much gold. Rumpelstiltskin over here. Hashtag Rumpelstiltskin. You've lost, Hashtag Ryan is Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Stock has gone down because you overspun the gold. Oversaturated yeah. the market. I'm gonna have Wait, to. Wait, was Rumpelstiltskin mm-hmm. about about about, about capitalism? Saturation. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Capitalism. It is. Oh, yeah, it's an allegory for inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I I so as much as I would like to carry on talking about Rumpelstiltskin and pretend I don't have a decision to make. Um, <laughs> d- d- the tough thing is that um, yeah, you're. Br- I think that um, I would like to bring you back. Mike, uh, almost in the first, maybe the first sort of heat block of the second series, which is coming up. I would, lo- I would love to invite you back. I would love to set you an even greater challenge because I, I you know, I make notes as I go, and sometimes I already know who's going to win as I go through because I think nothing's going to top this. And you had me at the at the wig idea, and I was writing down. I was like, I wrote down Roger Rabbit vibes, um, and I wrote, awesome. I wrote down, you have to sacrifice comfort for a worthy cause. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, because I was seriously thinking about the the journey of the of the woman in the wig, um, mm. and but what I'd like to do is I I think it comes in second for me, um, because I would like to bring you back and I want to challenge you further. Now part of me wants to give you uh, cops and doggers, but because I know you've got a dark side, Mike. You're too sweet and lovely most of the time. I can see the dark side is poking out. You know, not on the podcast. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, this is why I hope that that um, that you don't mind me selecting um, the, the the one that Dan put forward for Big Wig because I feel like, um, although people at home will also know when you're listening, you'll also know I do love the silly ideas and I do pick the silly and I do pick the ones mm-hmm. that like seem silly at first but then have something to it. Like I do love those, and I'm not picking it just because it's a difficult topic. Um, but I think that Dan really needs to thank his wife because. The idea, the kernel of the idea that, that that came in four minutes before we started, that that what it then did is because of you, Mike, and because of you, Ryan, it then blossomed into something completely different, didn't it? And that's yeah. that's the beauty of Slash Deep. So whilst Mike, I want you, please, please bring the same level of quality and detail that you brought with your idea. I absolutely adored it. Um, and our friend Sam was on a previous episode of Stitch in Time. He he won that one, so he's going to lord it over you. And I'm so sorry for that. Mike, okay, I'm really, really sorry. Um, it's fine. But you were the you know, closest right. second place it. that we've ever had. <laughs> you guys are all, you know, you're all related. You got this podcast. You bring someone on, and then you <laughs> oh shit, shit no, all over their idea. It's fine. I agree with Sean. <laughs> Sean. Oh god, it's oh, god. It's, that, it's it's such Gone a close rogue. second. You know, if Dan is Usain Bolt, you're that other guy that came second that no one remembers. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no. Mike, oh, I love you. Worse, I love this it? idea. It's honestly, oh, I it's swear cool. to God, this is the, the hardest decision I've had to make. Who but, is that person? I'm going to yeah. Google it. But there's some it's sort of absolutely there's fine. some sort of magic that Dan. I need him to go away, tail in tail in between his legs, and thank his wife for for his contribution. Yes. Um, and she will never hear this, so I don't have <laughs> to because she'll never listen to it. So it's and so and it's, if I could repair it in any way, I would like to have you back. Um, uh, Please, uh, Mike. And I think Mike, it was almost too good. <laughs> and also, we have to make it. We have to make a trailer of it, right? So, oh, that would win for sure, um, right? Yeah, oh, I suppose. And the, the, the everybody would force. You don't us want to give yourselves too much work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although uh, someone no. else would outsource that, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
I super appreciate it. I, I, the, the better idea one, I think. So, um, so Ryan, um, where can people find us if they need to? You can find us all, as I said, if you just Google slash dupe, you can find us uh, literally everywhere. We've got a Patreon, we've got a Reddit, we've got a Twitter, we've got an Instagram, we've got a Facebook. If you really want to join in the conversation, hit us up on Facebook. That's where we're getting most of our traction currently. Uh, Taj is doing great work in t- giving us his ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, we really need someone to come in, knock him off the top spot and come up with a couple of ideas just yourself. You know, he is given us paragraphs, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 done good work. So I mean, all things considered, Mike, have you if you enjoyed yourself today on on Slash Sheep? Oh, so much fun! Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's been it's been a delight. No, we've yeah. loved it. In an otherwise that. relatively uneventful period of, <laughs> of our lives, <laughs> this is a genuine pleasure. Uh, yeah, really, really fun. Also, first podcast I've ever been on. So oh, wow. nice. Yeah. Well, remarkably, remarkable. We, oh, well, we'll we'll yeah, send I'm reference letters. Very happy out. for you yeah. all to have taken my my podcast virginity. <laughs> And, uh, and so roughly at the end yeah. as well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. So cruel. Um, yeah, no, I honestly had a really wonderful time. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, it was a real genuine pleasure for us as well. Um, Dan, Ryan, thank you very much as well. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye. We haven't figured out how to properly do the end bit. That's, that's where we're going to cut. Yeah. Not after the buy. We're just going to. Oh, we, we haven't, we haven't figured out. <laughs> smash. Yeah, that'll do. That's fine. Um, thanks. Cool. Cheers, everyone. That was amazing. Mike, I, ju- I hope you don't mind, mate. Uh, honest to God, I swear to God, that was the hardest decision I've ever had to make on the podcast. Recorded in the Capo Studios, twenty twenty one. What's up, danger?